A long time ago, the Earth fell into chaos and four brave explorers went out for a quest in search of secret jewels that would revive their land. They searched high and low for adventure, Whoa. culture, wow. history, Ooh, interesting. and food. Mm. And with each element, their people got happier, healthier, and more relaxed. Now, they bring their stories to you. Join them on your journey as they uncover these secrets buried in the annals of time on Lost and Found. This is a work of fiction. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead or actual event is purely coincidental. You do realize we are talking about actual places, right? Uh, oh. Catch Lost and Found on NUS Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Welcome to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. I'm Yunting. I'm Ishani. I'm Avis. And I'm Ria. And you are listening to Lost and Found. Last week, we looked at some food places that supported good causes such as the social space and Better Barista. We also recommended to our listeners some really great food places that they can get food deliveries from since the COVID cases are on the rise and some people may not want to exit the house for their own safety. So we did mention that we were going to have a guest this week. However, we'd like to apologize to you all because our guest isn't feeling well, so we, uh, she couldn't make it for the show today. We wish her a speedy recovery and do look forward to next week where we'll be having a different guest on our show. So today's episode, we're actually going to talk about people and specifically what kind of people are we talking about? So just a warning to our listeners. I wouldn't say this is a warning. I'd say this more as a like good for you to know. Uh, today's topic is going to be about feminism and about women's empowerment in Singapore and some uh, notable figures in Singapore who really helped to champion this cause. Now, again, everything we discuss here is really our own personal views. So uh, there's no need for you to adopt these kind of views yourself. We're just, you know, four friends having a discussion about this kind of thing. And we appreciate that you're listening to us for it. And hopefully you enjoy this discussion as well. So on our topic of Lost and Found, we said that we're going to uncover some hidden gems in Singapore. And I think hidden gems don't just count for places and things, but also the people. And I think many of us will be familiar with feminist icons from overseas, but not so much in Singapore, which is why today we'll be talking about some female icons and female groups that help empower uh help empower the people in Singapore. And this is why we're going to dive into the topic today. So maybe to kick off our discussion, we can all discuss what feminism is to us and why we believe in it. Okay, so maybe I can go first. So for me, regarding feminism, is definitely, as everyone mentioned, it's a way of empowerment how we have this sort of girl power, this girl boss. I'm sure you guys have heard the term of girl boss before. It's a very, like, it just gives you, like, makes you feel more powerful. And especially with recent events in the media, as well as overseas and in Singapore, about, like, issues highlighted, such as the gender wage pay gap, and um, certain cases, 
in court in Singapore, is I definitely feel like feminism and women empowerment is so important, especially like in our world. Even though like from the past we have come so far, there's definitely still much improvement that we can make to um we can have in feminism, especially in Singapore, where everything, a lot of things personally, this is just our personal views again, is very traditional. There's still a lot of restrictions, a lot of stigma regarding women and female um, empowerment and feminism in Singapore. Um, so in, in that case, what about you guys? How do you guys feel about feminism as well? I think to me, um, it's really important that we talk about feminism because even though Singapore is a rather it is a rather good society to live in, you know, you, you don't really get um that many um issues and uh for example even as a even though I am a, a woman, I feel safe walking at home. So that's something that's that's great about Singapore. But at the same time there is a lot of different um issues that aren't addressed and I think some Singaporeans do have the false perception that uh, just because we don't face the same issues as other countries, uh, there is there is equality in Singapore. But the truth is that there is still a lot of inequality. And personally, um, I went to girls' school when I was growing up, so I didn't really see this kind of uh, inequality so much. But when, once I reached university, where I was interacting a lot more with um, other people and there was a lot more opportunities to fight for, I did feel that kind of inequality in some sense in, in terms of how people perceived me um, as opposed to how they perceive a, a guy. So I do think that this is important in Singapore to talk about how we can empower um, young females and to show them that they can have the same opportunities as others. I agree. I think when I first heard about this concept of feminism, it was from a very well-known feminist uh, icon. I'm sure all of you know her, Emma Watson. Uh, yeah. I think I I heard her speech at the United Nations and I thought, wow, I, I was really empowered by that. I was in, I think, set two when I heard it. And since then, I started paying more attention to, to these kind of things. Uh, whether it's in Singapore or whether it's overseas, it's, it's present and it's definitely still there. We are getting better, I think, but there's still a long way to go. I've heard people saying... Uh, in response to questions about, you know, are you a feminist? I've heard people saying, I'm a humanist. But when I think of it, I think that uh, humanist means you're standing up for all humans, which I think is fine, yeah. But then again, we, we are striving for equality. And my own opinion, of course, is that women, they drew the short straw and there is a need for more advocacy for the women. And I think another talk that really changed my perspective on this was uh, was called uh, Man Enough, I think. I think it was called Man Enough by uh, Justin Baldoni. Uh, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's an actor and he starred in Jane the Virgin. And he, um, he did this talk for TED Talks and it was a really, really moving talk about how and why he's a feminist and what changed that for him. So when I saw, you know, when I saw that there's men who are advocating for these same things as women, it, it to me, it seemed that it's even more important, you know, that as a female, I stand up for female rights. And I think that's why feminism has been so important to me in shaping my decisions uh, as well. Yeah, so what do you guys think? 
I think for me, how I really got exposed to feminism, it wasn't really something that was taught to me, rather than something I learned from my own observations of the way that I interacted with people and people interacted with me. For example, growing up, I didn't understand why it was always the guys who get called by teachers. The teachers always like, I need a strong boy to help me carry this set of books. Why can't it be a girl? That was probably one of those first things that I noticed. And um, another thing that probably happened was I just didn't like the way that girls, when they're complimented, you're complimented on your appearance rather than other factors, which is quite frustrating because, you know, when you're a boy, they're like, oh, you're so strong. For girls, you're so pretty. I didn't, I didn't need this. I didn't see a reason why there was this sort of difference between the way that we were assessed as people. And another reason, another reason why I got exposed to this overall was just because of that. It sort of piqued my interest in other areas. So eventually, I learned more about fem- feminism and female rights in different areas. We know with the rights to decide what we can do with our bodies what we choose to stand for, etc. And also in terms of career choices, the gender roles in society, what we are expected to do. And I think especially in Singapore, it's more of an Asian context where I would say that, I apologize for the background noise, where I would say that um, in Singapore, it's like in more of an Asian context, it's definitely more conservative. And that I believe that gender roles is more embedded into our culture and it's less, it it changes less, I think. It's less progressive within our traditions and everything. So I definitely, from my understanding of those points, feminism is just important to me because I think that every woman has the right to experience what they want and talk about what they want to achieve for themselves. Once again, I apologize for the background noise because, I don't know, it's just crazy today. There's a lot of things going around. It's okay. Yeah, I think now, like, definitely while we're at home, there's a lot of background noise. There's a lot of distractions that may be at home. Our homes are not as conducive, so... Yes, listeners, we apologize if you do hear like some background noise while we are talking because we are not in the studio. We are doing this from our homes again. So uh, once again, we reiterate to stay safe. And now going back to the topic about feminism, like I agree with Mavis definitely. When, pe- when the teachers always say, okay, I need a strong, tall boy to help me with to do something. And I'm not trying to generalize, but it's usually the female teachers that will ask in a sense. But because it's like, Throughout my entire school life, I have always heard the teachers always asking for males to help them to volunteer for this kind of situation, carrying heavy books and such. And because of it, I have internalized it and I thought that it was normal for it was normal for me to like it was normal for me to have this kind of experience until I was exposed to the entire concept of feminism, partially defi- and definitely through social media as well. That this is not right that you sh- a girl should not be confined to this stereotype of they are weak, they can't help the teacher with these kind of things, why must it always be a guy and sorts. And additionally, as well as I think, okay, this is a bit, um, I would not, I don't, I would think that it's a bit, 
um, how would I put it, a bit, I'm not so sure if I can talk about this on air, but um, sex education, like sex education in schools. Because I would think that gender, in a sense, there's a, there's a very, um, because of what the school wants to teach us, it's very, very limited. And because as girls, we are not really able to learn as much and in this topic, I would say. And yeah, I'm not really sure if I can talk about this on air, so I'm just going to leave it as that. But in the bottom line is that because of feminism and stuff like that, we, especially in a country like Singapore, no matter how advanced we are, we have, I feel like some of us have already internalized this misogyny that girls will be in some way not as equal as compared to the guys. I yeah, definitely. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. Okay, thanks. I think this also has to do with the large discrepancy in how in the way that we are told to. There's a discrepancy in the way that how we are told to behave and how we are being treated as well. Like that sort of causes this sort of feeling that it is not that we don't seem to understand uh every you know what just go ahead and think i there's something there's something yeah <laughs> right as in um i think on the whole um idea of stereotypes that uh, both you and Ria mentioned um i think yeah like women are judged by their appearances in singapore and i think i saw how shocking this was when I went to junior college and there were guys who were rating girls. So I, I think what the way that, um, I think rating a person in general is one of the worst ways you can treat someone because you're just putting them as a number and you're not even considering um, their personality. You're not considering how this um, affects their own perception of themselves. And it's really shocking that this happens in schools uh, with young um, people. And and this isn't, isn't just for, I think, uh, when we talk about feminism, it isn't just about women too, it's also about males. Like, for those males who act a bit more um, effeminate, to, um, uh, that are perceived to be a bit more effeminate, uh, just because they're a bit more gentle or if they don't engage in those kind of rating activities or they're more emotional, uh, they are seen to be, um, they're kind of ostracized or seen as not real men. Yeah, so feminism is really about, uh, I think it's about both women and male. It's about fighting for this equality and undermining that whole patriarchal system and the gender norms that they perpetuate. And I think on the note of uh, sex education, I do think that Singapore is quite conservative still. So the way that we perceive gender roles and sexuality in general is still quite conservative. And this does affect the kind of uh, perception that um, or the kind of expectations we have of um, young younger girls. Yeah. Oh my god, okay. On the topic of stereotyping, yes, I definitely um think that it's true that while we talk about feminism, we also need to look at toxic masculinity. Like if a guy acts effeminate, that people will say that, oh, you are not being a real man. And there's this whole stereotype about men needing to be muscular, macho, and a lot of stuff like that. And I just think that definitely it's not right. So yes, definitely when we talk about feminism, we also need to talk about this toxic masculinity as well, and therefore gender equality. But, okay, back to the topic about stereotyping as well. I'm not so sure if you guys heard, but there was this um, interview that I watched before by Taylor Swift. She's this like huge feminist icon, and she did mention along the lines of uh, one of these interviews that asked her, 
is like this stereotype of the rational man but emotional woman. Because, for example, if a man uh, makes um raises an issue, he like they will say that oh he's being rational. But then if a woman does the same thing, he's um she's being emotional. She raises the issue about the same thing. And if like they say if a man is if a man is like in a high position or is relatively successful, then of course they'll say the man is successful. But if the woman um does the same thing, it will be considered as calculated. Something along the lines of that. I cannot really remember the. I remember um, it. I remember it. She said yes, yes, can yes. only react. A woman can only overreact. Yes, yes, is that one? And then she yeah. wrote a whole. She wrote a whole song about this. Uh, this inequality, right? It was called the man. I think from her her album Lover. Yes, it talked about like the differential treatment between men and women in society. Oh, that was, yeah. I think that was such a powerful message. That was such a song. And it was so necessary. I love she she I think she described herself like what if she's a woman doing the things that a man does, but how would it be perceived by someone else? I think that was what the song was about. Yeah, I think I think that's why to all of us these issues are so important because we are essentially the next generation and it is essentially how we're going to live our lives. And, and so, yeah, I hope that through this discussion, we managed to, to convey to you guys that these issue, this issue is important to us. That's why, uh, that's why we decided to dedicate this episode to that. Now, on the note of this episode, right, uh, we're going to go for a short break. But when we come back, we're going to continue talking about feminism as well as feminist icons in Singapore. Thank you for listening to us until now and we hope to speak to you again later. This has been Radio House. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. You are listening to Lost and Found. Before the break, we talk about what feminism means to us and why it is a hidden gem. So now we're actually going to be sharing with our listeners some female icons net, female icons in Singapore and some feminist organizations in Singapore. Right, so uh, just to start the ball rolling, uh, one of the people that one of the female icons that I do look up to in Singapore is Debbie Debbie Forsey. She's the current president of the non-government organization Transient Workers Count Two. Uh, yeah, so um, I find it really inspiring because uh, she's someone who's um, able to do so much work for this um uh, community in Singapore. She didn't uh, come from she didn't come from Singapore. She actually started her work. Uh, working with resettlement of Indo-Chinese refugees in the USA before moving on to Singapore uh, in around 1980. And when that program ended, um, she did uh, move on for to more personal and other professional work before going to Transit Workers Council in 2005 and setting up her pet project, which is the Cuff Road Project in 2008. Uh, so for me... Um, I attended one of her talks in year one where I was just super inspired by the work that she's doing and uh, the kind of uh, perspective that she was able to bring. So I remember 
uh, her uh, talking about how um, how a lot of times when we look at transient workers, we want to integrate them, but we don't really consider what uh, they want. So uh, we believe that by integrating them, we're doing a lot of good things for them. We give them local food and we want to uh, get them to try our local practices. But we don't recognize that often they have a very different lifestyle. And because of... Um, and when they have all of this very little free time, uh, a lot of times they actually want to be uh, just comfortable. They want to hang out with people they're comfortable with instead of being forced to interact with strangers. And they want to eat uh, food that reminds them of home. So uh, the kind of perspective that she's able to bring through her work, through her close interaction with these workers is just really amazing. And um, the kind of work she does is very inspiring to me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she sounds like a very interesting person. And I think, I hope that um, the next feminist icon that I'm going to be talking about is, I hope I do her some justice when I talk about her. Like if I mention something or I butcher it, I'm so sorry in advance. Okay, so um, the feminist icon that I would like to talk about is, I think you guys have heard of her, Rosalind Lee, or also known as Hey Ross. Um, R-O-Z-Z-Z on Instagram. Hey, um, Ros- Rosalind Lee, she's, she prefers not to put a label on like her occupation and stuff. Like she's just her. But she has done like numerous things like radio DJing, an avid traveler, cooking, um, helping out at a photo studio. Like she has done everything, TV host, interviewer. She has literally done everything and anything that you can possibly think about. And one thing that I really admire about Rosalind is that she is very unapologetically her. Because of the fact that she in Singapore at 40 and being single, I think she's still like really cool that she's this strong independent woman. And with her nephews, like she's like the cool aunt, cool aunt. That was the wrong pronunciation. Sorry, like she's the cool aunt that I also really want to aspire to be someday. I think she's really cool. And at the same time, Rosalind, like, when she looking, when you look at her Instagram, she always talks about her little anecdotes about life and how she perceives Singapore as a society. And I think it's really inspiring to like just look at her Instagram, you just scroll through and like all her posts, there are like a lot of sentimental meaning in some posts, where some also very like quotes. There are also like mini quotes that like she has this hashtag called hashtag Ross quotes, but she just tell people like in the ways that she defies society's expectations like the like society's conventional expectations of her as well as like of people in general and I think that is really so cool that she does not conform to society while being in the public eye she does not conform to the society and their expectations of her she's just really um, being herself and being this like badass person that um, is so cool and I really like, she's one of the icons that I really look up to. Like, she's definitely not feminism. Like, I don't think she would call herself a feminist. But she is this person that is definitely not the, how would I put it? Not someone that is a traditional female, like, what society wants her to be. Like, she always goes against what society defines her. And, yeah. Like, that's what I think about Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, 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 I just wanted to like, and oh, yeah, like Roslyn, yeah, that's why I really like look up to Roslyn as an icon. Yeah. I think hearing you talk about her, I can, okay, I can hear the uh, obvious admiration you have for her. 
And I think it's really amazing that, you know, that we've got these kind of people to look up to and we don't exactly have to copy them, but we know that, that this is how, <laughs> this is how we can live our lives. And I think really feminism is about not letting society define your life, but, you know, charting your own path forward. And so hearing these stories of these incredible women, I think it's really inspiring. So thank you guys for coming up with the women so far. But I know that you have a lot more people to share. So let's go ahead with that. Uh, okay, um, just... I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just wanted to ask uh, a question about... Uh, is Rosalie Lee? Is that, is that her full name? Uh, Rosalind. 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 Oh yeah, you, you mentioned... You mentioned yeah. that she's single, right? Yeah, she's single. I mean, she has dated before in the past, but now she's currently single. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of... um. I think the fact that she's comfortable with uh, that is quite important, especially because a lot of people do say that, uh, oh, you have to get uh, married fast. Or even in Singapore, I know there's a whole idea of BTO. So people are so eager to get into a relationship really early on. And that's not always very healthy. Or the way that we perceive women, sometimes we are like, oh, you're kind of getting old. Uh, don't you want kids? Uh, don't you want a family or someone to depend on? So it's so important that uh, we have people who teach us about being comfortable with with just being ourselves, right? As, as women and not uh, putting our own values um, on a relationship. Yes, oh my God, that is so important about the video part. Because in Singapore, you have to be, if you are single, you have to be 35 years old in order to purchase your own flat. And if you're married, you can do it at 21, which is like, at this point, I'm already prepared to wait till I'm 35 or just save up money to buy a private property. I think that is a bit, like personally, I would think that it's quite silly to wait another 14 years just for me to buy a BTO by myself instead of, unless I want to accelerate the path by getting a husband just so I could get a, my own house. And I think that is so ridiculous in that but that is just my opinion because it's like I'm not really interested in looking for a relationship and yes like Rosaline she's a person that teaches us like she's very like she's single she's in her early 40s but she still has this energy to her and like she is so um she's just being herself like she's one she's comfortable in her own skin and that's why I really admire her as well and as Shani mentioned I'm not copying her I don't want to be a carbon copy of like a mini Rosalind but it's good to I think it'll be good for young girls like me and maybe like even smaller girls to emulate her in some of her ways or traits like we don't have to conform to what society wants of a, like society's traditional expectations of a woman I really agree with Rhea. I think a lot of these gender norms that have been sort of embedded into our societies and even our laws and regulations, it sort of, it makes us sort of confine ourselves that to be successful or to be seen as something greater, we have to sort of do all these things. When that is not exactly true, we can be empowered in our own ways and we can have our own identities as an independent woman, we don't really have to rely very strongly on, like, let's say, a man to help us achieve the goals in life that we want. Like, for example, owning a house. We don't, we can do that on our own. We don't really need to rely on someone. If not, there's just, 
they're just gonna be a means to an end, am I right? <laughs> like if we have our own independence and we can we can we we should be able to do whatever we want and at the same time get a sense of fulfillment rather than sticking to this box that we are supposed to sort of fit in in order to achieve certain things in life. Yeah, I think it's about time we start looking at women for their own achievements. So on a note, there's actually this other uh, female icon that I look up to, which is uh, filmmaker Tan Si En. So uh, personally, I'm interested in filmmaking and the film industry is quite difficult for women in general. It's very male-centric. So if you look at Singapore, all of the big films are made by men. So if you if you name a common directors or those famous directors in Singapore, you think of Jet Neil, Eric Koo, all of these men. And, and they do do great, but it's so hard for women to break into this industry. So uh, Tan Si En, she's a film producer. She's one of the three film producers for Anthony Chen's award-winning Wet Season, which won 10 awards internationally. And she's also an assistant producer of Pop Eye by Kristen Tan. So uh, Ned also won some awards internationally. And she co-founded this, um, this boutique film company called Momo Film Co. with this other woman called Chris Ong. And um, this uh, Momo Film uh, Company, they basically work with uh, emerging filmmakers in Southeast Asia to develop culturally distinct films for a global audience. So she's only 26 years old and she has achieved so much in this industry which is so hard for women to break in. Okay, I'm not sure whether she's 26 years old this year but she's around there. She's still very young and it's quite amazing. And yeah, it's so it's so amazing to see such a young and independent strong woman leading um, this kind of, having this kind of impact in such a difficult uh, film industry. I, I also have a very strong interest in film as well and filmmaking. I think it's a sector where a lot of women are overlooked, over-sexualized and not given their due representation that they deserve. And for all those of you out there who also like films and want to know more about women in films, I highly recommend this book called Backwards and In Inhales. And it and it's by Alicia Malone. She's one of my favorite uh, favorite writers about this topic and favorite person in the industry who can really shed light on these issues. Basically, that book covers all the nearly all the female icons from the 1940s, 1920s, all the way to present times. So you have people, you learn about film history. So you have people like Helena Holmes, Ada Lupino, Anna Mae Wong. And you also learn that the first person who... I, created this whole concept of films is actually a woman called Alice Guy Blaché, whose credits went to her husband for making films. And you also see a more present view of filmmakers right now with Eva DuVernay and Greta Gerwig, Meryl Streep. So you learn all about that in the book. And that's one of my favorite books to read because it just makes me feel so empowered and inspired by these women, especially women of color, and the minorities and it's just it just is the beacon of hope that we that I sort of see in the future for us women because they're all trailblazing they're, they're setting a path for us that we can follow and they're sort of breaking that glass ceiling that would traditionally restrict us but because of them we are able to sort of make our way through slowly and especially this year when Chloe Zhao won the Oscar for Nomadland. It was really a breakthrough in the film industry. 
And I know it's not really exactly Singapore filmmaking related because I have my other opinion on that, which is that I think that female are not represented well enough in Singapore media, especially if you see movies like A Boys to Men. That, that show, I'm sorry, I really dislike that show. But um, yes, as you can see, I'm very passionate about film and women. So yes, I think I'll pass the kind to someone else because I've been rambling on and on for too much. I think that was beautiful to listen to. <laughs> so don't apologize for it. Uh, while you were talking about women in films and media, I thought that I thought of another place where women are often, yes, they are often sexualized and often viewed as well as their bodies. And this is the modeling industry. And I think, yeah, it's no surprise to anyone that this is definitely something we have to talk about. On one hand, they claim that you know, um, the modeling industry gives women like liberation and stuff like that because it's presenting, uh, showing how confident they are in their bodies. But then it's also led to a lot of, a lot of untold stories of women being, you know, abused or molested. I think one of the most, one of the models who's actually spoken up about this, she's not in Singapore, but I think feminism isn't an issue that's, you know, limited to just Singapore. I think we can all learn from feminist icons, not just in Singapore, but overseas as well. So anyway, this uh, woman, uh, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure you guys know her. It's M. Rata, Emily Ratajowski. Yeah, I can't, um, I, I know can't, her. I'm so sorry, but I really can't pronounce her last name. But I think, I think she's, she's, she's amazing, honestly. She's a model and she's an actress as well. I first knew about her from, from a show I watched on Nickelodeon. But I found out that uh, last year, she actually published an essay uh, on, uh, on her experience as a newcoming model, a newcomer model, when she just started out. She talked about how one of the photographers, he touched her inappropriately and how that made her feel like her body was not hers anymore. And more recently, she's actually released a book of essays called My Body. And it talks about how, uh, basically how her experience as a model taught her that it's really important that she knows what's hers and not let those mostly powerful men who are profiting from all these uh, modeling jobs and all that, uh, to prevent those men from taking ownership of what's rightfully the women's. And and I, I cannot agree more, honestly. Not just that, in terms of modeling, I think one of the biggest problems with that has been how modeling has propagated an ideal body type for women. And I think definitely women face this problem more than men do. I, I'm not saying that men don't. I'm just saying that it's more severe for women. They have more severe um, conditions like anorexia and, and body dysmorphia. And it's led to a lot of... Uh, uh, well, you know, a lot of uh, struggles for women with their mental health and things like that. And recently, in I think the last decade, it's been more and more, this modeling industry has been opened up to more kinds of women. So there's plus size models and uh, Ashley Graham is one of the very prominent uh, plus size models who who also, who champions feminism through her body. She, she shows that there's no need for you to be, you know, 
ashamed if your body isn't an ideal type. As a matter of fact, she talks about eliminating a whole ideal body type. But then again, this is about the mentality of a society. So you need, it takes a lot to change the mentality of a society. And I think a lot of this, a lot of things you see in the media, a lot of portrayal of women, it's done through the male gaze. And that's why it's very important that some of the people look through it, look at it through the female gaze as well. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I agree so much with Ishani. The female gaze is just, you need to see it differently. And speaking of female gaze, there's this movie that I really like as well. It's called Portrait of a Lady of Fire. If you haven't watched it, you should. I think it's one of the best lesbian period dramas that we had since ever. And the director is one of my favourites as well. You guys should go check it out. Um, Selena, Selena's... Um, Okay, I don't want to butcher her name, but basically, that director, she directs a lot of movies that is about women identities. One of my favourite films from hers is actually called Tomboy, where it was about this, this girl who is sort of, she identifies more as a boy, and her, her mother is usually the one who does her, you have to act more like a girl. But outside of the house, she always likes hanging with her guy friends. She likes this girl. And it's a very beautiful story about, I think, coming of age and coming to terms with who with who you want to be and what you identify as. And speaking of models, okay, but before I go on to that, I just like to recommend this director. Your name is you spell it as C-E-L-I-N-E. S-C-I-A-M-M-A. So yes, go check her out. But anyway, back to the topic where I was going to respond to Ishani about modeling. There was, I would also like to bring up that point where she talked about how there's a lot of women coming into the industries that may not stick with the tradition of how traditional idea of how a woman should look like you know there's a certain size and shape but you know models like Ashley Graham they bring in body positivity for other women so that they can see themselves in the attire in like beautiful high-end fashion but also looking good while doing it regardless of their body size and interestingly I also like to raise up another model called Grace Strobel who is one of the first few models with Down syndrome which is pretty interesting because you see we're making like this inclusive environment for all women not just you know normal everyday people and there's also another another model called Jillian Mercado she's she's wheelchair bound and she has some physical disabilities but she is also a model so I think as this as the industry progresses there are many many ways to make this idea of what defines a woman, what is seen as a woman, more differently. And I think speaking on the, touching on the topic of body dysmorphia, mental health and being a woman, I like to bring up my sort of fem- female icon in Singapore. It's called, it's not really just one person. It's a whole organization called Women Unbounded. And I think they are really, really good organization that helps to empower the community they're volunteer based in Singapore and they sort of work through like different connections and ideas to sort of foster this community for activism and believing in women and empowering them. And they have 
they have different ways that you can get involved with them as well. You can join them as an ally. So if you are you identify the pronoun he, him, or they, them, you can also join them. You can you can write for their blog on different ideas that you have. And you they even have this program called Meet a Lunch Kaki, where you can meet with other women in their organization and sort of have a conversation with them and stuff like that. And I think that's really powerful to have because you're creating this community where people can just be open to learning and creating meaningful connections with one another. And you can go have you can go check out their Instagram Instagram um, called at women unbounded and they have lots of topics that they they they, they, they tackle. They have First, they have um, the topic on body dysmorphia. How do you feel comfortable in your own body? The way you dress. And they also have like feminism in different cultures. They have ways um, for female, ways to create positive female health, mental health as well. And they also do different programs for educating people. So they reached out to teachers. They reached out to artists. And they also have this special segment last year during... National Day, where they called, they, where they wrote about all the unsung heroes in Singapore, like Elizabeth Choi, Checha Davis, and what they've done to sort of pave this way for females in Singapore. And I think that's a, they have a very interesting, interesting Instagram page, and they also do a lot of outreach. So if you have a chance, you should go check them out because it's a really great cause that they're advocating for, and I think that it should be supported, especially since they are involving so many people and trying to create such a positive environment for all of us. I think hearing about uh, we we talked about a lot of things today, and it was. Honestly, a very, very good discussion. I was feeling really tired all day, but after this discussion, I am, you know, I'm invigorated and and inspired. And, you know, I'm just I I want to thank everyone for your for your very 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 amazing opinions. And again, like like we said earlier, these have are strictly our own opinions. And you know, it just so happens that all of us happen to agree with each other or we have some intersections in our thoughts. And, and, you know, I just really think that, that this was a very important discussion. So, uh, well, after today, viewers, listeners, sorry, I hope that you really enjoyed uh, today's talk set session. Uh, we'll see you again next week where like Yunting mentioned earlier, we do have a guest and I won't reveal anything more about our guest. Hopefully you will tune in next week to find out. For as for today, we discussed some topics that were very important to us and I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it. But until next Friday, remember to stay safe and wear a mask and stay home. And if you have to go out, then wear two masks and, and just... You know, just really stay safe and and hopefully we can fight through COVID-19 together. This has been uh, Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Okay, bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.